Welcome to another episode of The Bandage Podcast, a weekly wrap-up of the most trending healthcare news. Each week, join me and my co-host, Alex Ross, as we'll discuss the latest in healthcare, health IT, and compliance. In this week's episode, we discuss a kindness initiative, telemedicine services for the intensive care unit, and a cheese recall. Let's wrap things up. This is episode 74 for the week of March 1st. I'm Matt Moneypenny and I'm Alex Ross. Just kidding. Alex is out today because he's sick. Before we get started, our diagnosis code of the week is R46.1, Bizarre Personal Appearance. And this is about the time when Alex goes, you know, Matt, I got to say that has happened to me before. And I go, oh, really? And he goes, yes. And then he goes on some crazy thing. And I imagine it would be a story about how he went to the circus um you know was trying out to be a uh a, a what are they called a roadie i think maybe i don't know maybe a clown a roadie clown and uh he ended up having he put on all the makeup and got scared and then you know ended up uh scaring other people and the reason why that they went to the hospitals because of his bizarre personal appearance now i can't relate to that story because you know, I look great. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Anyways, let's get into the news. First up, we have Spread Kindness for Better Health. UC Health launched a new program aimed to spread kindness across communities. People interested in participating can go to UC Health's website and send postcards to others, letting them know they're thinking about them. There's also an option to send a yard sign promoting kindness. Both the postcards and yard signs are free and can be sent to anyone across the United States. Participants just need to enter the name and address of their chosen recipient. UC Health is also encouraging people to perform acts of kindness in their communities. Doing something nice for someone else has positive effects on both the givers and receivers' physical and mental health. So uh, there's a couple services that do this, which is kind of interesting. I don't know if you've seen them before, but I, I feel like they're called like yard bombing. I don't know. I just feel like if they aren't called that, they should be called that because that's a pretty cool name. But um, essentially, you know, they're really nice designed individual letters or like balloons or stuff like that. And usually says happy birthday and they're stakes and they go in your front lawn. And the idea is you put, you know, someone, you buy it, someone comes out and quote unquote delivers this onto your yard and they put these, you know, the spell out the design before or while the person is not at home or even if they are at home you know you could probably still pull it off without them noticing if they're not looking at their front yard um uh so it's it's kind of it's kind of a cool thing i think it's definitely a cool surprise i would be surprised if someone uh did that to my house um especially if it was promoting kindness because usually it's just birthdays right but you know every day is worth celebrating so Always spread kindness wherever you can. It's always kind of cool to to hear about the stories of, you know, how one person saw this one, this other person in public, you know, help them out and they don't even know each other. They have no prior relationship. And then the person who witnessed that doesn't, you know, does something else that's kind down the road. So because kindness spreads, you know, it's contagious. So cool. Next up, accessing a specialist during critical times. Critical care patients often suffer additional stress of being moved from a primary care hospital to a specialist facility. 
But a new partnership between telehealth company VMed and Dignity Health Telemedicine Network is making it possible to get specialist care without being transferred. VMed's tele-ICU physician services enable hospital staff to provide this care. Hospitals continue to face specialist staffing shortages, making it more difficult to serve patients either on-site or at remote locations. But VMed's telemedicine services can fill the staffing gaps, helping improve critical care patient outcomes in a highly effective time frame. I think, you know, I don't know if this is just marketing or, uh, you know, I mean, tele-ICU is cool. It sounds neat. Um, it's, there's definitely... They're definitely filling a gap that a lot of hospitals have in terms of, you know, short staffed, especially during the pandemic. Um, but I don't know if, you know, you could really do and treat ICU patients, right? Because ICU stands for intensive care unit. We all know this. But what exactly, I mean, is there a type of ICU patient that you could, you know, help treat remote? I mean, I guess. I guess you could, maybe, maybe not. I don't. Maybe not. I don't know. I'm not sure. I'm not a physician, so I'm I'm not 100% sure. Um, it's a cool. It sounds like a cool brand name from a branding perspective. It's definitely it grabs you. They're like, oh my gosh, tell it ICU. You could help me from miles away while I need intensive care. Mm, cool. I'm on board. Um, I was thinking for a second maybe it was urgent care, but no, it's it's marketed as ICU. Um, now, obviously, I don't. I think it deals more than just. I think it deals more on a broader perspective than ICU. But pretty cool, pretty neat. Next up, if you eat these cheeses, you could have a bad queso listeria. El Abuelito cheese is recalling all queso fresco products because they were potentially contaminated with listeria. This recall includes all products with a sell-by date through March 28, 2021. They're sold as El Abuelito cheese brand, Rio Grande food products brand, and Rio Lindo. The soft cheeses were distributed through February 16th. As of February 11th, the CDC reported seven people infected from four states. El Abuelito has ceased the production and distribution of the products as they continue to investigate as to what caused the problem. Consumers who have purchased queso fresco products are urged to return them to the place of purchase. I don't know about you, but I love queso. I don't know. I don't, I don't maybe I've had this before, but you know, queso is one of those things where, you know, if you buy it at the store, maybe you make it yourself, but if you buy it at the store, you're probably not caring about the brand name as much. You're just like, Oh, I'm going to get some chips and queso tonight. It's going to be sweet. And, uh, so I, I don't know, maybe they do have some brand loyalty. Maybe there are people out there who are El Abuelito cheese, uh, you know, people who just love that brand, but other way, otherwise, maybe there's people that don't even realize what they bought, what type of queso they bought, which is kind of scary, especially if you're going to end up getting listeria when you're trying to have, you know, a nice nacho cheese snack or, you know, you. It's maybe it's movie night and you're I don't maybe you don't like popcorn. You're just like, I'm going to go with chips and queso. So you grab it and then you end up with listeria. That sounds pretty bad. Um, I always wonder, it's got to be so hard and so annoying on the business side of things when something like this happens. Obviously, you should have the safeguards in place so that it doesn't happen. But that doesn't mean that it's not going to ever happen. I mean, 
sometimes you just can't control what happens to to infected foods or anything like that. And that's kind of like the same mentality we go with with the breach patrol segment. But yeah, it's got to be annoying. I mean, you got to cease production. You got to figure out what what happened. You got to talk to you know the CDC and you're losing money on a daily basis because you cease production. And then you got to get and jumpstart your supply again after the fact, which takes some time between, you know, it probably takes at least five days to get everything distributed back to where they were before. So um, El Abuelito has got some, got some work ahead of them. So wish them the best. And with that, let's go into our next segment. B-R-E-A-C-H, Breach Patrol. It's a breach! All of the latest cybersecurity breaches. Welcome to Breach Patrol, where we talk about the latest and the biggest breaches all across the world. First up in this segment, we have cashing out your data. Cashalo, a company offering cash loans and other financial services to customers in the Philippines, confirmed illegal access of a database. This resulted in a leak of personally identifiable information, including names, email addresses, phone numbers, device IDs, and passwords. Cashalo stressed that passwords were encrypted and that no accounts were compromised as a result, but they recommend changing passwords anyways. The unauthorized access was discovered during routine proactive monitoring. Cashalo immediately took the system offline, began investigations, reported the breach, and reviewed the enhanced security measures. It's still unclear how many customers were impacted. So Cashflow actually, I mean, this is a pretty good response in my opinion. I think, you know, the fact that they encrypted all of their users' passwords is awesome because, I mean, as we know, and as we discussed, there's so many accounts that you make in, in your lifetime nowadays that have different passwords or that, or that could have different passwords. So you have maybe one or three passwords that you kind of rotate between. And then if you get, you know, if you log into someplace or trying to log in and you get the wrong password, uh, you try your second password that you use. And if that doesn't work, you try your third password. And if that doesn't work, then you get mad and you click that. I forgot my password and it's embarrassing. Um, you know, you feel embarrassed. You get that email that says, hey, reset your password, dummy. And then you're like, Okay, I'm going to reset my password, I guess. And then you re- maybe sometimes, you know, you put it back to one of the three. Or what I do is I'm like, oh, I'm going to come up with a new password this time, which is a mistake. You know, from it's not a mistake in terms of cybersecurity. It's what you should do. But in terms of your memory, you're going to forget that password 100%. That happens to me every time. So um, hopefully I'm wishing all these all the customers that were affected the best. Um, obviously you should have a different password for every single account you have, even if it sounds unfeasible, even if you have to click, I forgot my password every time. Kind of my new, my new, uh, philosophy on things is I'm going to probably forget the password anyways and go through this process. So I'm just going to make some crazy password that's almost un like unhackable. And then, you know, I'll use Google's feature that says save your password for this account. And then if it, for whatever reason, messes up I, or I delete my cookies or something like that, I'll just click forget my password. I mean, I'd much rather take the extra five minutes to make a new password and go through that process than lose my personal information. Next up, another week, another victim. The grocery store Kroger was another victim of the breach involving third-party vendor Excelion. 
Kroger believes that less than 1% of its customers, specifically customers of Kroger Health and Money Services, have been affected. But certain HR records of current and some former associates were impacted as well. No credit or debit card information or customer account passwords were hacked. Kroger discontinued the use of Excelion services, reported the incident to law enforcement, and initiated its own investigation. It's contacting all customers and associates who may have been impacted. So I'm wondering what kind of information was stolen because it says that credit or debit card information or customer account passwords were hacked. Or yeah, none of those were hacked. Um, but it doesn't say what potentially was hacked. Like, I don't know, maybe they got some coupons. Maybe the, maybe the hacker was like, I don't want any personal information. I just want buy one, get one free avocados because those things are really expensive and man, Money's tight right now during this pandemic. So I'm going to hack the entire grocery store chain to see if either A, they already have a coupon that I could take advantage of that's not released yet, or B, I can make my own coupon through Kroger's system. That's what I'm thinking happened. No, I'm just kidding. Um, yeah, they, they, they did a good job with, with their, their reaction, you know, um, reporting it to law enforcement's always good. Usually the law enforcement that's, that's reported to, for cybersecurity incidences is the FBI. So I'm sure the FBI is working with Kroger for this and also talking to Excelion. I imagine it's a big, big case right now that they're working with. Um, and then also contacting all your customers that may have been impacted is something that you should always do, no matter what. Always talk to your customers that were affected because after all, they're your customers. So without them, you wouldn't exist. Finally, malicious hacker or concerned parent. Nursery Cam, the remote video monitoring services for parents with young children at nurseries, has suffered a breach. A loophole allowed an unauthorized party to access parents' accounts, stealing their usernames, passwords, names, and email addresses. The person who identified the loophole has stated he has no intention to use this for malicious purposes, but wanted Nursery Cam to raise their security measure standards. Okay, so this is actually an example of a good breach, right? How could you say, you might be asking yourself, Matt, how could you say that any kind of breach is good? And I'm gonna tell you, it's because of white hat hackers, right? Say that 10 times fast. Um, what they do is they just hack into a system and then they expose security vulnerabilities and then they contact the company and they're like, hey, I got in here, so you need to boost your security measures. And a lot of times what they'll do is they'll be like, I got in here. Here's a problem with your security measures. If you hire me, I can fix it. And then it's like, whoa, this guy, he knows how to hack and how to protect against a hack. And we got hacked by him. It's a pretty good sales pitch. You know what I mean? I mean, I, if I were to get hacked, if I was an organization and I were to get hacked and someone got in, I would be like, Hey, man, <laughs> how much do you need? Because you clearly know more about infrastructures than I do. Um, also, you know, a lot of times what's kind of funny and something that I always like to talk about is when the FBI, like if there's a huge, huge hack or breach and they find someone who, um, who hacked it, you know, maybe they might try to hire them at some point. Obviously they'll be reprimanded, but if this guy could hack a super, super, super big, um, organization or super secure governmental entity 
then he knows what he's doing. So why not, you know, make make your enemy your friend kind of thing. So I always find that interesting. But nursery cam in, they they uh they kind of lucked out there with that one. And that's it for this week's wrap up of your weekly healthcare news. I'm Matt Moneypenny, and we'll see you next week. Thank you for joining us for this week's episode of The Bandage. This week's episode was written and produced by eTactics. eTactics is a leading revenue cycle solutions organization committed to providing innovative, web-based solutions that improve our clients' cash management and customer relationships. Thanks, and we'll see you next week.